Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Ben Levno from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thanks for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we'll be discussing the NeuroFashion 155 antibody test from our neuroimmunology lab. I'm joined today by Dr. John Mills. Before we get into the test itself, Dr. Mills, I'd love for you to tell our audience just a little bit about yourself, your background, your role here at Mayo Clinic. Thank you, Ben. So I've been director of the neuroimmunology laboratory at Mayo Clinic since 2017. I started my career as a basic research scientist where I completed a PhD in biochemistry at McGill University studying how the cellular signaling pathways controlled mRNA translation. I changed directions in 2013 when I came to Mayo Clinic and completed two clinical lab-focused postdoctoral fellowships, one in clinical chemistry and the other in molecular genetics. Since then, I focused on the development of laboratory tests to aid in the diagnosis of neurological diseases, particularly those that are immune mediated. On a daily basis, I, I get to interact with a team of neurologists, which has been instrumental in identifying important areas of need in this testing space. Perfect, Dr. Mills. Thanks. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things going on in our laboratory. So today is another example of that. NeuroFashion 155. Can you? Just give our audience a brief overview of the assay. So I'm very excited to talk about our new NeuroFashion 155 IgG4 antibody test that we've developed here at Mayo Clinic. There are two initial hurdles when developing a new test. One, identifying the clinical need, and the second, identifying the testing platform or methodology that is best suited for performing the test. In the case of the NeuroFashion 155 IgG4 antibody test, it is particularly critical to have a very high clinical specificity assay, as this is a biomarker of a relatively rare condition known as chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, or CIDP, in order to make sure that the test has a high positive predictive value. So for this particular assay, we developed a live cell flow cytometry assay where the NeuroFashion 155 protein is expressed on the surface of HEC293 cells. Patient sera is diluted and incubated on the cells, and the bound patient antibodies on the surface are then measured using a flow cytometer. In our studies, this approach provided us with the best separation and signal intensities between true positive samples and control samples that lacked the neurofashion antibodies. We were not able to obtain the same analytical performance parameters using other testing platforms such as fixed cell binding assays, ELISAs, or Western blot approaches. So this test will be reported out qualitatively, either as positive or negative. There is not strong evidence that NeuroFashion 155 IgG4 antibody titers correlate with disease severity or treatment outcomes. In some situations, higher titers provide better clinical specificity, and this information may be helpful for clinicians as they put all the pieces together to devise a management plan for a given patient. However, in the case of our NeuroFashion 155 IgG4 antibody test, we have not identified any false positive results to date after testing over 500 disease controls, including DADS neuropathy, POMs, genetic neuropathies, 
in ALS cases. The lab will perform repeat testing on all positive samples to provide an added layer of quality to our test results. Neurofashion 155 antibodies have been reported in the literature of varying isotypes and subclasses. We decided to exclusively measure Neurofashion 155 IgG4 antibodies as these provide the best clinical specificity and the literature is most compelling that those with IgG4 antibodies represent a distinct disease entity with more homogeneous clinical presentation, disease course, and treatment responses to immunotherapy as compared to patients with antibodies of other isotypes or subclasses. An added benefit of measuring IgG4 antibodies is the fact that they only account for about 0.3 to 5% of the total circulating IgG antibodies, and that helps us further improve the analytical specificity of the assay. Initially, the Neurofashion 155 IgG4 antibody test will be offered as a standalone test but in the future will play a role in larger, more comprehensive evaluations for CIDP and other immune-mediated demyelinating neuropathy evaluations. Thanks, Dr. Mills. That was really comprehensive. I just want to make sure I've got the key takeaways here. This is a unique flow cytometry assay that uses live cells. I think that's important, and it's better than the other approaches, not because we haven't tried, but we've looked at all those approaches and have determined that this flow cytometry approach is best. And we're also looking at the IgG4 component. So I really appreciate how the lab has looked at other approaches and decided that this is the best one. Is that an accurate kind of summary? Yes, live cell flow cytometry assays are complex. They're not the easiest test for a laboratory to perform but the neuroimmunology lab at Mayo has a lot of experience with this platform. When we do evaluate a test and we find that we get the best clinical performance on that platform, that's the platform that we're ultimately going to offer. Great. I also think it seems very straightforward that our clients will also receive just a positive or negative result. There'd be no reflex charge, no additional cost to this testing. They'll get the result that they need with just one test. Correct. We weren't able to identify any particular reason that we needed to do additional reflex testing or provide titers for this particular antibody. We have a very good separation in the signal that we get off the assay for those with the antibody and those without. We feel very confident with that initial test. We do repeat all positive results we get in the lab on a a repeat test just to confirm positivity, but we do not offer or perform any reflex or titer-based assays. Great. And I think I do want to talk more about the no false positives, but we'll save that as we get into some of the patient care questions. So can you start with helping our physicians understand which patients should get this testing? I know this is a new antibody. There's probably not a lot of education out there. So paint the picture for our physicians about which patients should be getting this testing. So this particular test is really relevant to any patient that's presenting with what appears to be an immune-mediated demyelinating neuropathy. Neurofashion 155 IgG4 positive patients often present with features that are consistent with CIDP, but have a distinct clinical pathological phenotype that often includes a subacute and severe onset, younger age of onset, distal muscle weakness, sensory and cerebellar ataxia, tremor in about half of the cases, and typically at best a transient 
response to IVIG, most often resulting in a relapse. IVIG is sort of the standard first-line treatment that classic CIDP patients receive. Positive patients most often have demyelinating electrophysiological findings that meet EF, NS, PNS criteria for CIDP. Most patients have absent motor amplitudes, reduced or absent sensory amplitudes, and slowing of motor conduction velocities. F-wave latencies are often prolonged or absent. Other laboratory findings that are consistent with neurofashion 155 IgG4 mediated CIDP include elevated protein levels in CSF and nerve root and plexus enhancement on MRI. Approximately half of these patients also have autonomic features and neuropathic pain. Most of the neurofashion 155 IgG4 positive patients do require a, a gate aid. I think that's really helpful. All CIDP patients, you said these immune-mediated neuropathies, this test is going to be important for all of those to help to identify the distinct phenotype of neurofashion 155. Right, Dr. Mills? One of the more important aspects of this test is really identifying those patients that are going to have a more severe disease course, as well as those that are less likely to respond to kind of the standard frontline therapy, which is IVIG. A positive result also helps the clinician solidify their clinical diagnosis. Right. And just how common is this antibody? Is this something that's going to be seen often? I know you mentioned that these are rare disorders, but how common is the neurofashion antibody in that phenotype? So neurofashion 155 IgG4 antibodies are found in anywhere from 4 to 18% of CIDP cases, making it the most common antibody biomarker for CIDP. Other classes of neurofashion 155 IgG antibodies have been reported in CIDP. However, in the absence of IgG4 antibodies specifically, these isolated non-IgG4 cases don't really form a unified patient group. And in that particular group of patients, treatment responses to IVIG appear similar to classic CIDP. So it's really a subset of CIDP cases that are going to be positive, but clinically it may be very difficult to, to upfront determine which ones are those that have neurofashion IgG4 antibodies versus those that do not. And the test is really important for making that distinction. The other thing I'll say is that while the classic presentations can be obvious, often these patients present to a clinician at various stages of the diseases, very early, very late, where it's not always uh, so straightforward to make the diagnosis. And I can see the test being very helpful in that regard, where there may be some of the classic features that fit and the physician may be strongly considering CIDP or neurofashion at that point, but aren't entirely confident. And this is where this test can be very helpful to solidify the, their understanding of what's going on for the patient. Exactly. That's great. I didn't realize that neurofashion is the most common uh, antibody for this phenotype. So just critically important that we're introducing this test, uh, which kind of leads me to the next question, Dr. Mills. Are, are there any other alternative options regarding this kind of testing? So neurofashion 155 IgG4 antibody tests are not readily available in the U.S. market, and this particular test is the first of its kind for clinical use in the U.S. Testing for neurofashion 155 IgG4 is available at 
smaller specialty laboratories utilizing Western blot approaches. However, no information about the clinical performance of these tests have been reported in the literature. So it's somewhat difficult to know how well those particular tests compare relative to our test. The other thing I do think it is important to understand is that there have been reports of non-IgG4 neurofashion antibodies reported in the literature. And some of these smaller specialty labs or research labs may test for those. But what we found is that in the absence of IgG4, these patients don't really fall within a particular well-defined patient group with well-defined treatment responses. Furthermore, there have been reported cases of non-IG4 neurofashion 155 antibodies in patients that may appear to have a, an immune-mediated uh, B-myelin neuropathy, but are later found to have an underlying genetic cause or another form of the neuropathy. So the specificity is not nearly as good as for those non-IgG4 neurofashion 155 antibodies. So I think it's really important for clinicians to recognize that while there may be other tests that they have access to, they may be testing for pan-IgG antibodies or even IgM antibodies where there's not nearly the same extent of specificity, nor do they really define that patient group as well as those with IgG4 antibodies. Great. That's a great summary and it really puts in perspective how useful this test can be for physicians. So let's go back to patient care a little bit. And what are the results going to be useful for? How is the positive or negative result going to drive the physician in a certain direction regarding prognosis or treatment? Can you share some of that? So this test can be helpful in pinpointing the cause of an underlying immune-mediated demyelinating neuropathy. While majority of patients with CIDP do not have neurofashion 155 IgG4 antibodies, this test is still very useful for identifying those that do. A positive result has a high positive predictive value and supports a clinical and electrophysiological diagnosis of neurofashion 155 IgG4 mediated CIDP, which provides important prognostic information and may reinforce taking a more aggressive treatment approach. Testing for neurofashion 155 IgG4 antibodies using a live cell approach provides a very specific test whereby false positive results will be extremely rare. While a negative result does not rule out disease, I always like to note that the test should always be interpreted in the appropriate clinical context. Great. Thanks, Dr. Mills. So one thing you touched on there was electrodiagnostic testing, and we haven't discussed any preparatory tests, or do you think there are any prerequisites that physicians should be testing for these particular things before they would order our neurofashion test? Or does the neural fashion come pretty early on in the differential? So before determining to send this test, I think it would be important to have electrophysiological studies done to, to determine that the neuropathy is demyelinating, as well as, of course, ruling out some more common causes of neuropathy. If there's a clinical indication that this is immune-mediated, that it's subacute in nature, then at that point, it would be warranted to order this test. And then just to elaborate a little bit more on the treatment plan, you mentioned that these patients are often refractory to initial IVIG. Can you elaborate a little more on the next steps? What is a more aggressive treatment plan? What does that mean? So often these patients will be tested with IVIG initially, at which point most will ultimately 
relapse at some point, at which point a more aggressive therapy such as rituximab, which is a B-cell depleting therapy would be used at that point. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Mills. I think I'd just like to conclude here, uh, as I often do with these new tests that we launched in the neurology lab with what you think the key takeaway is for physicians. We've talked about a lot of the important items, the assay and how it's designed, how this is going to help patient care and, and how it's unique. But what's your key takeaway here? What are you most excited about? So I think really just making this test available, it hasn't previously been available. This will be the first clinically available antibody biomarker test for CIDP available in a large national reference laboratory in the U.S. market. While only a fraction of CIDP patients will be positive for this antibody, those that are, that's important for managing them clinically. And it's also kind of serves as the first step towards developing what we hope will be a series of high quality and robust clinically available tests that will aid in the diagnosis and management of CIDP. Additional biomarkers for CIDP have been reported, including contactin-1 IgG antibodies, and we expect others will yet to be discovered will, will become available in coming years. So we're pretty excited that we're able to offer a very useful test, and we look forward to additional biomarkers becoming available for this disease. Yeah, we're excited too. It sounds like this will be really beneficial for patients, even though they're rare. I mean, there are patients out there that will benefit from this test, but still more work to be done, like you mentioned, with the contactin and other CIDP antibodies. Well, thanks for your time today, Dr. Mills. We're really excited about this test launch, and uh, we look forward to hearing more from the Neurology Lab. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.